Welcome to the Where Money Meets Soul podcast. I'm Jennifer Griffith. And I'm Natasha Gaines. As two busy women juggling high profile jobs, family, friends, bills, and everything else life throws our way, we know what it's like to feel stressed out and overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And from personal experience, we also know what it's like to pull ourselves out of that place by using the right skills and tools to get our lives into alignment. Absolutely, we're here to share those same tools with you so that you can also turn your desires into reality. If you're interested in learning more about money and abundance, how to create a better work-life balance, and how to pursue your passions without sacrificing your dreams, then we invite you to join us each week to gain powerful tools to help you succeed in business and life. When money meets soul, magic will happen. Hello, everyone. Today, we are so happy to be joined by Prema Lee Guerreri. Prema is, uh, she uses actually ancient science of Vedic astrology, and she has a gift of intuition. She also teaches conscious women entrepreneurs and change makers how to activate their divine gifts and align with their sacred wealth code so that they can unlock their soul blueprint for purpose and prosperity. Prema is the multi-award winning author of a book by that title, Your Sacred Wealth Code, Unlock Your Soul Blueprint for Purpose and Prosperity and an Oracle card deck, and they're both amazing. And today we're learning more about our sacred wealth code and how it can lead to an abundant life. Prema, thank you so much for joining us today. We are so honored to have you here. Thank you. My pleasure to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Uh, Such a pleasure. Can you tell us and our listeners just more about yourself, who you are, how you got to where you are today? Oh my. Okay. Um, So I practice the art of Vedic astrology. I'm a spiritual um, counselor, consultant. Uh, I've been helping people build their businesses, really make the work that's theirs to do into what their heart calls um, them to make it into, whether that's their uh, a foundation, whether it's the next business, whether it's the next position in a company, um, whether that's you know um, stepping out and uh, being an artist at some level, but whatever it is to put their gifts Uh, find out what they are and to bring them out to serve the world in some way. Because the truth is, you know, life has so much more meaning to it when we have purpose, but what is purpose? Purpose gives us a deeper meaning in life. And that's just so incredibly important. So I have been on this path for a very long time. Um, I was the yoga teacher for many years. I've raised four kids, um, all of them in their thirties now, which is kind of hard to believe. (laughs) Luckily, they still like me and hang out with me. I call that a success. Um, I've had several businesses and really what's most relevant to where I am today and the work that I'm doing today is about 15 years ago, I had a yoga and healing arts center and I was a yoga teacher for several years and every few years I would sit down and I would ask the divine like, okay, is, am I just really supposed to be a yoga teacher? Like, is it something else? Because I felt like I did a lot of different things and served people in a lot of different ways. And then around and around, I'd go with God. And eventually I would realize, oh, under the guise of being a yoga teacher, I can give my gifts, however they, however they show up. So I ended up opening this big, beautiful yoga and healing arts center. And I had practitioners and I was training teachers and I had my own system that I was training in and doing Vedic astrology and seeing clients privately running this whole business. And 
you women listening in, like that's a lot of things besides raising a family, which I know you're doing, you know, whether you're working for yourself or whether you're working for, you know, for a company. And I was, I was spinning too many plates. And in my business, I was doing too many of the things in my business. And I really had that, um, well, I call it the dark night of the soul. I tried a lot of things. I had a over, you know, a hundred thousand dollar business and sales, but not enough of that was coming home to sustain me. And the energetic cost and energetic exchange was not equal because I was getting burnt out. So I was doing all the spiritual practices that I knew and then all the practical things to keep that business afloat and so that it nourished me as well. And it just, I tried so many different things and selling, going into partnership, turning into a nonprofit. And every time I would just turn back around and I kept hearing I needed to, to surrender. And so I thought of the spiritual push, okay, well, I'll surrender it. You show me what to do here. God, well, divine, whatever it is you call that amazing energy that we all are an expression of. And in the end, I was going into the studio at about 6.30 one morning to teach a class. I unlocked the door and I heard it again, like, no, you need to let this go like let it go. And I was like, Oh my God, like I actually had to let this go. I mean, let the business go. And I was able to, I had kept that a secret from almost everybody. Like I just didn't want to be exposed to what I was, you know, to my community and what I was going through, but I got it like, and I, and, you know, I had that moment where I felt like I was a failure and I couldn't, but the biggest thing was I couldn't understand. I felt like I was on purpose. So why was this not working? Because I truly believe if you are on purpose, then, you know, it's going to come full circle around as far as wealth goes. And I couldn't connect those dots and I've been trying to. So let the center go. Um, Really just vowed I would just stay on my knees until I figured this one out. So I really really dove into uh, the Vedic astrology, which I call my soul blueprint, Um, my skills at clearing patterns and blocks. And as I really dove in, I saw that within my soul blueprint, I saw that I was really in the shadow side of what I now call my sacred wealth code. And the, your sacred wealth code is really your, your, your divine gifts, what I call your highest value gifts. We have a lot of gifts, but which ones are your highest value? Mm-hmm. And I realized that, yeah, I was in my highest value gifts, most of them, but I was definitely in the shadow side and I had to get, I had to clear the patterns um, that I had to do, do, do all the time to have my value. I was not good at receiving. I lived on my own since I was very young and, and um, very independent. So that was great. I know a lot of, you know, women who are successful also are very independent, but I didn't know how to receive in the feminine. We're built for receiving, mm-hmm. but a lot of us have lost that capacity through our cultural programming. So I did my work and I continue to do my work, but I came out of that time um, discovering your sacred wealth code and what it really meant, which I'm sure we'll talk more about. And also it's really the intersection of purpose and prosperity, but I went into private practice. I raised my fees considerably. I hired a very heart-centered business coach. I went back to work with my spiritual mentor. I, for the first time ever, I borrowed some money from my parents and I became very, within a few months, I became very um, successful, lucrative, got out of debt and um, have been doing what I love to do. And it's involved into many things, including book and cards and journal. Um, mm-hmm. I have several programs I work with, with people. So anyway, that's, I think that'll Amazing. get us up to speed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a lot. That is a that lot. Is, <laughs> is a lot. <laughs> so um, when you talk about a Vedic astrology, 
What's, uh, for those who don't know, what does that mean? And does that kind of play a part into why you included Oracle decks in your? Yeah, so Vedic astrology is the astrology of India. It actually comes from the Vedas, which are the oldest spiritual texts, thousands of years old. Okay. And um, it is, there's a lot of similarities to Western astrology, which is a younger astrology than, than Vedic astrology. Uh, we have the same signs and such. I won't go, I won't totally geek out on you guys, but it is the, the um, it has many levels to it. So we can, it's like being in a mansion and you're looking at something in the foyer, but really you could walk into any room in the house and still see that thing in the foyer and you can go, oh yeah, it looks like that from here and from here. Oh, not from here. So, so it gives you very, a lot of um, vantage points. I don't use it for prediction. I use it to help people understand themselves and to understand what I call the celestial weather is. So here's what the energy is. And this is the best ways you could navigate it. Like if you're going to go to the beach and it's pouring down rain, you probably should put a raincoat over that bikini. Okay. Mm -hmm. So all the energy is good for something. Let's find out what it's good for. And I'm, so I, I give my clients and I also just do this even and free to on YouTube and to my, my greater community, just the monthly and, and you know, what's going on with the energy, but um, that Vedic astrology is so deep there's an actual scientific principle in it it's part it's it's a, it's a science and art to read it but it's where your purpose and your prosperity intersect by certain planets and where they are in your vedic astrology chart and that's really what the essence of the sacred wealth code is because after looking at that for so long and looking at it within myself i saw that this is this intersection of where your purpose and your prosperity planets meet this is where our highest value gifts are and when you use those highest value gifts, it's like you unlock something in the world that only you can unlock. And the world starts to see you for that. When you do that, you're in this different conversation um, with the world and with what value is for you. Uh, and just quickly, uh, the Oracle deck, the book came first because I'd been teaching that process and 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 deeper uh, on some levels when I'm working with people. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the Oracle deck, the archetypes had just dropped in because I'd be describing people's gifts and such. But then the, the um, archetypes, which are represented in the Oracle deck and are in the book as well, they dropped in. And when they did, I was so grateful because they're a soul language. Archetypal language is a soul language. So I can say to you, teacher or visionary or engineer or leader, and for everybody listening in, that just opened up a different story that's very personal to you, but we all have a collective connection on that story. Right. So it allows... Uh, the interpretation of what your soul blueprint to become very personalized in a language that's, that um, anybody can understand. So then the Oracle deck was, um, then I was got the guidance, like you have to create this Oracle deck. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, so, so then um, that was wonderful and fun because it gave people a very intuitive way to just tap into those uh, 23 archetypes that represent the planets in different way that are within each and every one of us. And I believe that we're all connected to our soul blueprint intuitively. And this is um, a way that we can just practice that intuitive connection without ever seeing your chart. So those 23 archetypes then, did, did you create those or did they come from somewhere that then you 
like is was that so here's the archetypes there's a lot of archetypes in the indian mythology mm -hmm. and of course in the west there's archetypes i'm an astrologer in the west and i speak english mostly so when they literally dropped in i mean they i channeled them so when they or they channeled through me uh when that happened what was so beautiful is it's in english terms and recognizable archetypes but as I really articulated them and wrote them, really wove in the um, the essence of the archetypes from the planets and the system that they come from, but written in everyday language that you can understand. Okay. So I didn't think them up. Say, okay, we need an engineer here. Right. Okay. It was yeah. like, no, we I was, need a I was new like, one. To... We need a new one. Thank you very much. I was like, okay, but, um, like okay you know, here's an archetype. And then I was like, oh, there's three for each planet, except for the North and South node of the moon. Um, and then they literally just dropped. I mean, they channeled, they just dropped in and they work beautifully. And so then I use my scientific mind and, and, you know, um, because I know the mythology of where of the mythology of all the planets, they interpreted through me. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So can we dive into the sacred wealth code? I really want you to share everything about it. I've had the pleasure, Tasha and I both of reading your book. Absolutely amazing, super helpful, such great tips. But can you let our listeners know everything sacred wealth code? Everything from, I know you've explained what it is, how it came up, but the, the meat of it, you know, if individuals are struggling and trying to find their passion or their reason, regardless of if they're succeeding and on the right path, can you just dive into that a little bit more? Yeah. So your sacred wealth code, what's so beautiful about it is it comes from this intersection of purpose and prosperity within your soul blueprint. And it is really comprised of your highest value gifts. Now we all have a lot of gifts, but which are the ones that really are going to put us on the, our purposeful path? Like when you are actually using your sacred wealth code, when you're using your highest value gifts, uh, you are absolutely on purpose, even if you don't know what your purpose is, quotes, you know, a, you are, you know, if you are a, uh, a communicator and, you know, in that ability to communicate, you know, you are this great um, problem solver, maybe out of the box thinker and a lot of the gifts of the communicator by using those gifts, instead of maybe uh, you were told that, um, you know, you were just a really good uh, logistical thinker and that you really should, you know, be doing technical work. Uh, and maybe that didn't feed your soul, but your parents or school or somebody told you it did. Then, you know, we get, we get driven by our cultural programming into what we're supposedly good at or somebody thinks we're good at or what it's convenient for somebody, for us to be good at for somebody else. Mm -hmm. So that's a big, um, you know, <laughs> We've all been in the pain of that, of where we're doing something that, yeah, maybe we're good at. Like for instance, in my situation, I'm a really good organizer. I'm a great administrator. I've run things for other people, but it's not in my highest value gifts. So I will feel drained after a while and I don't get the equal energy exchange. I'm kind of like the workhorse that doesn't get compensated enough when I'm using those gifts. But when I am in my, 
my teacher and my my visionary and my ability to um, be the messenger that I am and using those gifts there's a whole different I feel completely different and also the world responds to me differently I had to come out of the closet though of being an intuitive and um, because I wasn't accepted for that there's a lot of uh, a lot of us a lot of women have a lot of our gifts let's face it they are unseen gifts Okay, so whether it, whether just a logistical thing like you're this amazing problem solver, or whether that you are this incredible empath who knows how to connect at somebody right at the right time in the right way, or where their wound is maybe and can walk them through you know to a place of empowerment. We a lot of our gifts are unseen gifts, and because of that, we haven't been necessarily recognized in the world for them. So we may be really strong in the workplace and what we do, but where our heart is. Um, what really, you know, feeds our soul and what we can just do so naturally when that girlfriend comes our way, that we're a little bit, tend to be a little bit more shy with or don't feel like it has the equal value. That's because we get stuck in a lot of the shadow side of our, um, of our gifts because they just weren't reinforced, you know, but the, the beautiful thing about the sacred wealth code is that when you actually are using your gifts, not only are you on purpose, but you will create wealth that is right and true for you because wealth doesn't mean the same thing for everyone. It's like in the beginning of my book, one of the things I take people through and in, in, in my mm -hmm. clientele and all my courses is let's find out what your wealth dream is because. Yeah. I was going to ask that. So how are we defining wealth in this? Situation? Yeah. So here's my definition of wealth everything you need to fulfill your purpose. And I do pull that from that um, spiritual and Vedic astrology tradition because literally it's wired up in your soul blueprint. You start with purpose in your first house, but you, then your second house is about money. It's like acquiring everything you need, whether it's the knowledge, the relationships, the, the food, the sustenance, the resources, and money just happens to represent so much of that. What you need to actually fulfill your purpose. Because you know, how many people have you known whether it was through the media or anything else who've had all the money in the world, but they weren't on their purpose and they either crashed and burned or they were terribly miserable. Mm -hmm. And there's people who don't have very much money by maybe cultural standards, but they're doing what they love to do. And they are so happy. You know, maybe they have a little bit of money in the bank as a savings, or they can send their kids to college. And then somebody else might have just, you know, millions of dollars and they're completely unhappy. You know, it's mm -hmm. very, very personal. But when you hit that balance of, oh, you've got what you need to actually fulfill your purpose, that's just the sweet spot. It just feels right. Yeah. So when you're following your high value gifts, talents, um, you basically, if you're, if you're following those and not just like, say you have more than one skill, right? Absolutely. And, the, and, and the ways that we can tell that it's high value or not basically like you said before is does it serve you does it energize you or is it draining you right if it's draining you that's probably it's something you're good at but not necessarily something that's high value exactly so if you're following your high value then can you expect that you aren't you you can avoid being one of those people that has a boatload of money and is miserable or <laughs> or one of the other scenarios that you introduced in, to us in my experience that is the that is the case okay. that that is the case and then there's the the people who don't seem to be able to make enough money and they are or or and or you know getting by or again just hating their job or whatever it might be right um 
they're not doing, and they know they're not doing what they love to do. And then they don't know. There's a lot of, I get a lot of people who, who are, it's like they say, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Like you said, yeah. Jill, you have a lot of gifts, right? Mm-hmm. And so which one am I supposed to be focusing on? And it's very hard unless you do what the core of the practice is, unless you really tune into your own heart, because it doesn't matter what I tell you, what anybody else tells you, mm-hmm. unless you have that navigational system inside, you're in touch with it. We all have it. But if you're in touch with that inner navigational system, that is that deep wisdom of your heart. And, and then you know, um, you know, whether you're on the, the right path or not on the right path. It is confusing, I think, in this day and age, especially because we have so many choices, number one. Number two, we have we're just inundated with cultural programming, just in, I mean, inundated. You have to really practice good protection and clean up your past. You just, you have to. And that's yeah. a, you just keep, you just have to keep sweeping it, sweeping the path in front of you so you can keep rolling forward. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And then more, the more aware you get, sometimes the more sensitive you are to the pebbles in your road instead of the boulders. And, uh, you know, and it just becomes a practice. For individuals then, let's say someone is succeeding, similar to what you were, you were, you had this business, it was successful, it was, you know, bringing in money, but it was draining you, Mm -hmm. you weren't, it wasn't making up for the emotional, the emotional cost that you were putting in. For individuals at that level, what are questions or exercises that you would suggest they ask themselves or do to determine, okay, I am good at it, but it is not exactly what I'm aligned to do. It is not my high value gift. How this do they recognize my, it? This is my back door to the soul question. Okay. So everyone who's got that going on, which Jennifer just beautifully described, and let's face it, we all either have had that going on, have that going on, or will again at some point. Have it. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Let's just be real about it. Okay. Yeah. And so this is where we have to tell ourselves the truth. And so if you can really sit with yourself, you know, you close your eyes, you take a deep breath, you come down into your heart and you really ask yourself, if I tell myself the truth, fill in the blank. If I tell myself the truth, do I really wanna be doing this? If I tell myself the truth, am I on my purposeful path? Even if you don't know what it is, is it yes or no? That's a, that's a really great place to start. No, mm-hmm. if I tell myself the truth, what would I enjoy doing so much more than I'm doing now? If I tell myself the truth, um, I'm, am I in a, a, an energy exchange that's not equal? Am I putting out more than I'm receiving back? I don't care what the dollar amount is. Mm-hmm. And if I tell myself the truth, what am I avoiding? What am I not looking at? Or what am I afraid of? What's keeping me from really stepping fully into me and what my heart desires? No. In, in my book, there is a lot of heart questions and uh, that will that are helpful in this. Um, I just call it, it's, it's an open-ended question, which really helps the you tap into that deeper wisdom and be able to just, we have to get squeaky clean with ourselves. We have to understand... And, the, and we are so conditioned also to look outside of ourselves for answers, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe in yoga class or maybe in that meditation in the morning, we will go in, but then the rest of the day we're, we're again, pulled out. So we have to be so disciplined in the day and time that we live in to, you know, be inner referenced. Yeah. Um, and I'd like in your, in your book, I remember you mentioned that if you're not, if you're doing something and you've worked so hard to get to a point that you're at, you have all this experience, you have all this knowledge, 
it doesn't mean that you have to get rid of all of that, right? To kind of find your new purpose. But like you did, you're, you still stayed in the same realm of what you were doing. It could be health, fitness, whatever you're looking at. You just changed it or you found ways to be more aligned. And I think a lot of people, that's a misconception, right? Like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. not doing my purpose. So I have to stop everything that I'm doing. I have to completely right. shift careers, change careers, make yeah. a change. Yeah. And then, and that causes fear because they don't want to do that, right? If I've worked for the past 30 years, how dare I jump ship? Yeah. I mean, I think I've noticed a lot of people are already almost sort of on that path. So that, right. So that's kind of an indication. You don't really have to just completely, like you said, jump ship and change total, total careers. I mean, maybe you do, but for the most part, you've kind of meandered your way there for a reason. So there's there's, there's like two things going on here. Well, there's several, but one of the things is that we get into this analytical and for lack of a better term, you know, masculine thinking, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying masculine is bad. There's good sacred masculine and, and wonderful divine feminine. There's shadow sides of both, but the, you know, we have a lot of that um, over analytic, you know, the analytical brain and it yeah. thinks in black and white. And also the analytical side of your brain wants to create the future from the past. It wants to create the future from brain science shows us from what is um, what it has a reference for. Mm-hmm. So when, so it's like, okay, it's one thing or it's another. And when we don't know what it is, then it becomes in from the unknown. And that's one of our biggest fears. Although everything we want, we don't know yet. So that should be our, the place we're just so excited about, right? The unknown, but it's also, so no, when you, you have to trust that your path. Okay. You all know this, you've got the girlfriend, right? And she's just, you know, she keeps going on and on about the, the, the job or the boyfriend or whatever. And you're like, come on, babe, you know, it's just from here. You know, make that choice. You go from here to here, but she's, she's waving back and forth. Everyone needs to follow that circuitous path to pick up pieces of themselves along the way. I firmly believe that. And I look at mm-hmm. soul blueprints all the time. Hey everyone. Did you ever wish you had a friend who was constantly supporting your dreams to make more money, pursue your passions, or live a more relaxed lifestyle? Well, here we are. Success, financial freedom, balance, whatever you want to create in your life, you can have it. And we're sharing the tools to help you get there. That's right. Because sometimes all it takes to achieve your goals is a tribe of people cheering you on. And we're here to do just that for you. Yes, we are. When you join our tribe, every week you'll receive powerful tools to help you achieve financial freedom, Create a better work-life balance and pursue your dreams. For only $5.55 a month, you'll receive access to affirmations, mantras, guided meditations, EFT tapping sessions, articles, and tip sheets that all specifically focus on money and abundance, work-life balance, and passion and success. That's a whole lot of stuff. It is. If you visit inthelifeofzen.com to subscribe and join our tribe today. So everything that you are doing is really part of, of you either discovering more of yourself, even if you don't want to do it, even if you spent the last 10 years being very unhappy in the job that you're in, um, you're getting something from that. Or maybe you had to sit there long enough to get to where you're going to go next. So be grateful. Mm -hmm. You do not, you are, no one's far off their path. It's like you have this path and then you have the gravel on the side and then you have the tumbleweeds on the side. And then you maybe have the wire fence on the side of that. And maybe you have a little barbed wire. You're somewhere in there. Okay. And the farther you get from the center of the path, the more it hurts, but you're not ever really off your path and your gifts and what you're doing. Sometimes it's the smallest tweak. Sometimes it's just an internal 
shift of stepping out of the shadow and being willing to open up to, you know, more of your gifts and then just expressing them already in the career that you have. Sometimes it is a change of career or a change of business, but it's a, um, it isn't usually throwing everything out. It is okay. Now, now I've got all of this. How do I want to be an artist and arrange this differently? Like you have all this wealth of, of, of information and, um, and skills and, and gifts that you've been using. So it is, and sometimes, and, I, and it depends on how you're wired up, sometimes you're going to take a left turn and you're going to leave everything on the corner and you're going to go in another direction. And, um, and that's just sometimes we get called to that point. Everybody's wired up different. And so when I'm working with someone and I look and we unpack this stuff over a period of time and working together, but uh, some people are risk takers, like people who have an honorable warrior, you know, or maybe a leader or more of a risk taker. Uh, somebody might be, you know, more of an advocate or an organizer, um, even the connectors may be very slower and they'll need to make changes gradually. So you want to support yourself in your own nature. You might need to build a, a longer bridge from one thing to the other. And sometimes you need to just jump off the cliff and you really have to know your own nature and you have to understand you get to do it any way you want to yeah 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 but please hear me you're not no you're you're not off your path even if you're in dark night of the soul right now like when i was on my knees in the dark night of the soul nothing i'm not the only one i ever had i wasn't off my path yeah. that was part of the path mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. yeah yeah i love you, you know what i i I kind of see them as like building blocks or stepping stones to help you get like across the lily pad or whatever it is you need. But I love when, I mean, we've all been in situations where we're like, oh my gosh, this meeting, why am I sitting in this? This is ridiculous. I shouldn't be here. Or why am I taking this course? This has nothing to do with me. And then a week later, it's like the topic that you covered oh, in that I meeting know. or something yeah. you watched in that course, you're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, wait a second. And it's a point that you can make. So to me, I would see there, you can always pull and find treasures from everything you're doing. Every mm -hmm. experience is worth something, whether it's good or bad, it's going to teach you something. You very that. least patience, right? Right. <laughs> but, but also let's talk about the point here. The other point. Okay. So that's absolutely true. But what happens when you're sitting in that meeting? And you've been and and for the last time, ten times you've been in that meeting. Your skin's crawling. You can't. You you just know this is not where you're supposed to yeah. be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you and you, you, you it comes to a point where your 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 soul will just make it more and more painful because we tend to respond to pain um, until we get the message. So sometimes, so you know what Jennifer's saying, so absolutely true. But I do want to you know I'm hearing that and and people listening like, you know. If it's really, you know, you know, again, if it really yeah. is not for you and sometimes you're locked into a position, uh, you know, you can't just dump things overnight, but you can make peace with where you are. And that's why I do a lot of clearing processes and meditations and, um, and internal trainings. You can make peace with where you are and then make decisions to go ahead and change the path in front of you. So you don't have to be in that pain and sitting in that meeting. But I always say awareness precedes change. So when you become aware of, I can't do this anymore, then celebrate because now you're aware of that and now you right. can actually make a change until we own that like i believe we're creating our own, own reality whether we are aware of it or not some of it's done from a soul level some of it's unconscious and some of it's very conscious and then when we take ownership for okay here i am somehow i created this but when i do that that means that i get to make new choices 
Mm -hmm. So even the pain, even being aware of that, just know that maybe you can't change it tomorrow, but you might be able to. Um, and especially as you step into your gifts because, and, and step into your sacred wealth code, because it's literally like, these are like guides of yours. They're parts of you and you get to know yourself at a different level and magic happens. And I don't say that flippantly, but it, it, it truly does. Like one of my clients, um, as she has embraced her sacred wealth code, she has found that she's just really used to buck the tide. And she has found recently that um, her term for it, which came from her own inner directive, is I'm going to go where it's warm. And what that means to her is where it feels open or where it feels warm. And she's finally got to the place she didn't have clearing where she's just stopped doing the things that really weren't hers to do and, and putting herself in that painful situation. So now she has um, all kinds of opportunities, opportunities to teach. Um, she's oh, She's been welcomed in several different communities as a mentor that she had no idea that would happen. I mean, things just open up when you when you really uh, are willing to get in alignment with yourself and alignment with the divine. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, what I love about how the sacred wealth code dropped in and how it's, and there's, there's a lot of training and I have trainings that I have around it, but it's a navigational system so that you have a way to navigate yourself in and in practicality, because we're always coming down to tuning into what's an inspired action, what's the next inspired action. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting in that meeting and going, okay, well, I had this class doesn't really feel right, or I know I should never be here either scenario, but you can tune in with your archetypes, tune in with your heart and, you know, okay, so what's just one inspired action step I could take to change this? And I guarantee you will get something, whether it's, oh, you know, you should research this or you should call so-and-so, or you know what, you need to walk outside with your bare feet on the ground every day or whatever it is, you trust that and the next directive comes from that. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's so true. Can we go back to that person who is, you know, their skin is crawling when they're in the meeting. So let's look at, let's talk to the person who's climbed so high up that corporate ladder that they feel they can't go get down or the person who just knows, like, I just started this job. I just went through six months of an onboarding process. I was unemployed because of COVID. I hate it. <laughs> what do you say to those people regard, you know, at those yeah. two different levels, what are the questions? I mean, they now know they're aware, which you said is the first thing you have to be aware of what's next. So what's next is, and if I'm going to talk about my system is to know what your archetypes are. There's three to five archetypes in anyone's sacred wealth code. Uh, I give a, a way to find that through the book. And then there's a very easy way to, to find, to, uh, to get a printout of what your archetypes are for me actually looking at your chart when you have your so now you have this system of understanding where you you're reading you're going oh my gosh that's me yes that's me that's me oh and that's where i sabotage myself and that's where i sabotage myself so you're in this place and you are so you know what do you do now the core of it is you start being true to yourself and if and so just telling yourself the truth again okay i'm here and i don't want to be here Okay. I worked really hard to get here or I can't stand being here anymore, but I am, I'm here. Now, the next thing is you want to find out what is it that I really want? You know, somehow I got here and I thought this is what I wanted and it's not. So you need to, what is I, and so the first pillar of wealth in the sacred wealth code system and in the book, and I walk through you through a whole process around this is, um, is, uh, you know, harnessing your soul's big why you need to get down to finding out why did I even want this job? Why do I even want to make this money? 
Why do I even want wealth? What's the big underneath driver? What's the big why? When you know what your purpose is, and we have our greater purpose, but there's a purpose for everything. I mean, you know what that purpose is? It'll actually pull you forward. But if you don't know what it is, yeah, it's, 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 it's very unwieldy. So no matter where you are, if you can hook into what your purpose is for wanting to create wealth or for wanting to move into a, a position that actually makes your heart sing, you just want to find out what that purpose is. That's That'll help number one, ground you. Uh, number two is, uh, again, if you can embrace this, and again, I teach this through any, any of whether it's the sacred wealth code or whether it's the book or whatever, this process of tuning into your heart, which I'm happy to do here with you guys, tuning into your heart and asking and getting, you'll get directives. You'll tell yourself the truth and you'll get the next directive. So you can start anywhere you are. So just think about it. You know, if you're in Los Angeles and you're driving to New York and you put it into MapQuest, you get a direct route, right? Mm -hmm. but the mm -hmm. problem is sometimes that we thought we were in, in LA, but actually we were in Seattle and we're trying to go to New York from LA. So we don't have the right coordinates, right? So we need to, we need to first understand really where we are, right? Yeah. And then it could all of a sudden, so now we, now we figured out, now we're on, on the path, but then it got foggy and then it started raining and now we, we can barely even see. And it's we're night. Definitely in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except for today, it's so glorious out. <laughs> um, so you can drive that car uh, in the middle of the night, if it's night the whole way, in the fog, with just the headlights on, you'll only see 200 feet in front of you, but you can get there and you just have to see just what's right in front of you. So if you're really willing to get clean with yourself, tune in on a regular basis, um, knowing what your gifts are and start to interact with them and use them, start to clear where you're stuck. And then you only have to see what's right in front of you. I think that's one of the big things that happens for people is you can't see all the way how to get there. But remember, every single choice you make is going to open up a different choice. Mm -hmm. Every turn you make in that on the way is going to open up a different choice. The more you're in the light, you can see more choices. The more you're in the dark, you can't see as many choices. But every choice you make is none of them are wrong, but it's going to open up a different set. So you want to be able to embrace the fact that maybe you want to hold the intention for where you want to go. That's why you really want to know the purpose and really want to have the vision. But then you want to have the navigational tools. And that's what I teach so that you can stay present every step of the way, clear what's not working for you get your download, you know, tell yourself the truth, get the next practical inspired action. Cause I'm all about bring it down, you know, to earth, put one foot in front of the other. And depending on what you choose is going to open up how it goes. And that's a very different way to live than we're taught in our culture. We're supposed to figure out where we're going to school, what we're going to be, you know, when retirement, you know, we got our life over before we even started it. Yeah. 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 No kidding. Yeah. Which is yeah. not very exciting. <laughs> we talk a little bit. Did you say what you could kind of teach us how to tune into our Absolutely. hearts? If we want to do that, Tasha, are you open to that? I would love yeah. to hear just let's how let's do some tuning. Let's do it. <laughs> We're just going to do it. Okay. Let's, let's just do it. A very short few minutes here. And okay. All right. So everybody close your eyes. If you're driving, um, you can keep your eyes open. I bet you can still do this. Okay. So uh, just close your eyes and just take a couple of deep breaths and just We've been talking and you've been listening and we're just gonna let all of that information go right now. And take another deep breath all the way down to your belly and just let it go. And when you do, let your shoulders drop down away from your ears. 
Relax your jaw, relax your shoulders. And even though you're breathing into your belly, now center your attention and your heart and putting your hand on your heart is super useful, a very quick way to connect. Your heart is the seat of your soul. Your heart is where your deeper wisdom is. This portal of the heart, the fourth chakra, is where we're connected to the field of all possibilities. It's where we experience our unity with the divine, with each other. So take a couple of deep breaths in and out through your beautiful heart. Now, you have a brilliant mind. And just imagine your mind is like a, a diamond or a finely faceted gem. It's brilliant, yet it's busy. And it's actually a tool. It's not the driver. A lot of times it thinks it's the driver or you think it's the driver, but we're gonna bring the mind and the heart together because when we do that great marriage with the heart and the mind, we've got the wisdom of the heart and then it can instruct the amazing tool of your mind on what to do and how to do it. So just imagine you can take that diamond and drop it down a slide or a waterfall all the way down into your heart, down through your nasal cavity, the top of your throat, the base of your throat, the top of your chest, and all the way down into the very center of your heart. And then take another deep breath and land even deeper, just like you're landing into this beautiful warm pool or just this beautiful warm cozy place. Our attention expands when we drop into our heart. There really is no limit, no edges to the field of the heart. We're simply gonna drop a few questions into your heart. I'm gonna throw them into your heart just like I'm throwing a pebble into a pond. And you're just gonna sit back and watch the ripples and notice what comes up for you. And you're gonna go with the first thing that comes up and you'll just sort of put that on your mental clipboard. And we'll just have a very few questions. Take a deep breath and let this question drop into your heart. What is it that my heart, what is it that my heart is just so wanting for me right now, wanting me to open up to or to relax into, or maybe to focus on, maybe to step into more fully or even to let go of? What does my heart just want for me? Just so want for me. And whether your inner language is in words symbols, pictures, whatever it may be, feelings. It's just unique to you and it's perfect. And whatever just came up, just make a mental note of that. Breathe that in for a moment. And this question dropping into your heart. When I have that, when I'm being that, when I'm doing that, what can that make possible for me? What can that make possible? Whatever it is that has come up for you first that your heart desires. What can that make possible for me? And take another deep, full breath. Again, just make that mental note of that. And very practical. It's useful to bring it all the way down from your soul down to the soles of your feet. So what's one inspired action that I could take that would support me in 
being, doing, having, whatever that has come up for you today. What's just a one inspired action? And let me rephrase that, that I can take today or in the next 24 hours. And take another deep breath. And feel free to open your eyes and take a moment to make a, a note of what has come up for you today. And if either of you are willing to share, it would be helpful for your listeners. Tosh, do you want to share? You, you do it. So I felt, <laughs> um, I felt more than I saw anything. So I just felt a really good sense of calm and peace. And I am, um, so I'm presenting at a conference next Friday. And what I just kept hearing was, you're going to help people. You're going to help people. You're going to help people. That's cool. So, and then the action to take is just, you know, just keep working, doing the work to get there. So when you say doing the work to get there, what is that? What's actually, what does that actually mean? So I think practicing, just practicing, like I was finalizing the the PowerPoint, the presentation. So just keep doing that work. Keep going through the process. Yeah, exactly. I want to address when, and wonderful. And, and so, you know, Jennifer's language was more in this, in, you know, how she felt, but then as she shared with you, you know, she actually did hear. You know, so really honor what's come up for you. Now, sometimes we get an inspired action that isn't, um, maybe isn't totally articulated, or it could be like, okay, well, you know, um, pay attention to this feeling, or it could be something kind of ambiguous like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like mine was a little more lofty. Okay, so tell me, so tell me what yours is, because it'd be a good example, because I can give another step for that. Um, it was more about like, it was interesting because I visually saw like a giant lagoon in my heart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and the whole, the entire experience felt like a massage for my brain. (laughs) I feel very chill right now. Um, like, you know, after you have guided meditation, but, um, the word that, that popped into my head actually initially was forgiveness and then trust. Um, and I feel like that's something that, um, works in, in various areas in my life. Right. And so then at the end, when, what, what's the one, one thing that you can do to work towards that, you know, in the 24 hours, um, it was, uh, self-love and self-care. Okay, great. So let's take this and, and, and what you said is perfect, but I'm going to just make sure to flip it. So when we start to think in terms of we're, we have to do, do, do all day long, but inspired action, it always reminds us that it's not a thing we have to do. It's like, Oh, you know, this is, this, this comes from inside. So let me, so just tune in and what's one inspired action that you could take that would support you to do that self-care. And by support, do you mean what's the one piece of self-care that I could do? Or is there... So close your eyes and you'll you'll get the right answer. (laughs) We love Um, the mind, but sometimes it's good to just put it on pause. So what's one inspired action that you could could take that would... I'll just phrase a little different. um, That you could take to actually do that self-care. Celebrate all the things that I've done in the past to get me here. Okay. So now let's, let's go one, one step deeper. So what's in one inspired action I can take to celebrate all those things. After I do something that is aligned with that, um, to congratulate myself for doing that and showing up. Okay. 
Beautiful. So you came down to a real tangible, you know, like you could write that down and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I, I do that. I'm going right. to, I'm going to stop. I'm going to, and then we could even go one level deeper. What's an inspired action to actually do that celebration. Is that writing it down? Is that, you know, jumping? For it's joy? saying it out loud. It's, ju- it's jumping for joy. You know, okay. it's jumping for joy. Cause I remember years ago when I first started running again, my first time I ran, I ran for a mile and I came home and I was like, yeah, yeah. All to myself and my cat. I was like, ah. <laughs> and it was so long ago, I don't even have a cat anymore, but, okay, but, but that's, but that's what you need to do. So sometimes it, it's really good to drill down. So until you get to like, it's tangible, like you could describe what you're going to. So yeah. quote unquote do. So sometimes it might be scheduling it. Otherwise we can go and do, oh yeah. And I'm, and I'm going to do that and then self-care and then yeah never happen you know what yeah. i mean it's like right. the so, story of my life yeah, yeah. exactly but if we have to we have to bring it from our soul down to the soles of our feet embodiment yeah. is a feminine practice and it's not very easy to live in a in a shoulders up you know um culture but this is you know we have to bring it all the way down through our body and we do we bring it all the way down through our energy centers through our through our chakras and how much of the day do we spend doing actual tasks and actual doing we want to take those soul directives and my journal is super great for this because it actually leads you through this exact process very simply Mm -hmm. and there's a meditation that goes along with it but you come down to that inspired action and then also i have a way of that i we'll do this line of questioning and finding out, is there a block? And then we find out what we need to do about the block, but we weren't going to go all the way into, into that today, but you want to bring it down to something that's tangible that you're actually going to do. So it doesn't, it just doesn't drift away because when you do that, you start to build self-trust in a huge way mm-hmm. because now you've taken an inner directive, you've listened to your heart, and then you're actually putting that, you've got a directive and you're actually going to do it. You do the directives you get from your boss. Mm-hmm. This is, the, you know, your soul yeah. is your ultimate boss, yeah. but it's the one where we, that's why you can go for three years and go, oh yeah, well, I got that message a long time ago. Yeah, but did you do it? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. so how do you do it? You actually, you, you come down till it's very, very, very practical. It's yeah. just one step at a time. And if you can put that the absolute first priority, that's why my soul wisdom meditation, which actually you have access to with the journal, um, is it, it drops you in, you, you do some self-forgiveness, you do some visioning, it's 12 minutes long, but you will end up with an inspired action. And when you take that inspired action and you know that you're doing that every day, mm-hmm. then you are listening to your soul. You are connecting to your soul blueprint. You are starting to connect to your gifts and you start to take those, those inspired actions. And then you, you actually trust yourself because you listened and then you moved it all the way through into practicality. We are spiritual beings living in this, 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 you know, physical world here. And we have to live in the physical world. We have to be able to master this domain without having it dominate us. It's like this one or the other, the black or white. Okay. I'm here and I forget about my internal life or I'm just off on the meditation cushion. It's not easy, but when we do, it's so incredibly rich. Yeah. You know, what's really interesting too is for my example, by drilling it down, that was extremely helpful because my first thought was, okay, well, I already do a ton of self-care. So this is sort of wishy-washy yet without drilling it down. That was exactly what I was thinking. I was like, oh, I guess I'll just do more self-care. And I'm like, I'm like the queen of self-care. What? But drilling it down really helps like, okay, you know what you're not doing though, is you're not celebrating the fact that you are doing Mm -hmm. this for yourself. So, and then 
Yeah. And I'm, it's huge because, because, because we, we can sidestep, like we can think things are so they're not significant or we can sidestep that most important piece. We have like these polished stones inside of us where every other part of us will move so that that piece doesn't actually have to move, you know, but it's about becoming squeaky clean with ourselves. So, um, and then it's really even good sometimes to have some accountability. Okay. I'm, you know, I am going to, you know, I am going to, I'm going to do that happy dance. And yeah, once in a while, I'm going to take a selfie of of that or, you know, whatever, you know, when you get really honest with yourself to, because boy, you know, our lives can be so much richer than we allow them to be. Mm -hmm. I don't care how much money you have or what kind of job you have or what your business is or what you think your gifts are or what they're not, or, you know, everybody's got kids and cancer and, and COVID and everything else. There's a, you, we can live so rich in the moment if we're willing to really honor ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I think gonna start doing that geek fest happy dance all the time. I want, I want, I want you. I want to hear about that. I'm totally digging that. <laughs> but shouldn't we? You know, the more like think of all the things we all accomplish. You're an entrepreneur. You're in the corporate world. You're a self-run. You know, you run your own business. All of the things we've accomplished, and how often do we celebrate them? Yes, we might have the one launch party or the one dinner out where it's like, oh, we launched and we started. Mm-hmm. But what about the little everyday successes? You ran a mile that's worth celebrating. Mm-hmm. You love yourself. That's worth celebrating. You know, your self-worth that's worth celebrating. So mm-hmm. do the happy dances. Yeah. What yeah. if we had a culture that really celebrated? Like, yeah. so you could have the, like, you could get a promotion today. Right. And you go home. And, okay. What happened today? I got this promotion, whatever. Yeah. You know, and Fred was in the room too, you know, and he was, he was, you know, saying what he always does, you know, I mean, like the, the, we have this lizard mind that tends to look at the short end of the stick and we have to be really careful about that. We aren't, we need to create. And I would, the feminine is all about celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it would be so wonderful for us women to support each other mm-hmm. in celebration and less in um, complaining right. and yeah. much more in right. ce- like if we celebrated as like everyone could take this on as a challenge celebrate at least as much as you complain mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. what a wonderful world it would be mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and why don't we could but see we can yeah. create them for ourselves we yeah. absolutely why can not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, For absolutely. Every complain, turn that yeah. around. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's funny. Like, I know because Jen and I have this conversation a lot, and we actually belong to a group that Jen started a couple years ago where that's what we try and do. We celebrate our successes. We start out the beginning of the meeting with the other women talking about this. But I think it's a little bit more difficult to do by yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. It's easier, I think, to do when there's a group of people. Yeah, sweet, right on. But then when I get home and I'm like, I just went to the gym for the first time in forever. And I'm like, sweet, good job. And then move on with my life. Right. But instead stopping and going, you know what? That's actually pretty cool. You know what? Women, the feminine, we grow best with praise and with connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and yes, there's the masculine part of us that likes challenge or whatever, but we grow best. The masculine grows more with challenge with um, praise and with celebration. So we need to pick up the phone. We need to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. hop on FaceTime. We need to, you know, we need to have women in our lives that are, can, can are willing to uh, witness and handle our celebration, like Mm -hmm. our bigness in that. And, and that it's not, you know, and join Mm -hmm. in and cheer us on and we cheer them on. And uh, it is so incredibly, incredibly important. Yeah. Yeah. And more than just the big stuff, you know, 
for the people that know Tasha and I, well, um, the feedback I get is you guys have such a great relationship. And even my husband will say, he's like, I want to find that with the male. I don't want to find my Tasha. Yeah. But it's different (laughs) for guys because Tasha and I will send each other like, you know, praising each other on whatever recent work we just did or whatever we just accomplished for our business. Mm -hmm. And we're so, I mean, we end every conversation with love you, you know, it's like, Yeah. yeah. And I feel like guys don't have that as much. Right. But you know, what's interesting though, is that maybe what men need are a female is a female. (laughs) The the feminine and whether whatever gender you play within the feminine masculine, the the feminine is more of the connector. Although uh, there are some men or masculine types that have a very good connector. It's a Venus Mm -hmm. archetype, which is all, it's more about pleasure and connecting in and is not um com- is not about necessarily getting somewhere or doing something it's about you know this interpersonal and it isn't it isn't as much with the masculine as it is with the feminine uh like i you know for me i create community around me always i create the community for my husband as well uh, but i also do notice my my daughter's husband who's like my other son they've been together for many many years it, you know, he has a good Venus and he is kind of the one who's kept his guys connected, mm, but it yeah. isn't relevant, prevalent. And my husband really yearns for, yeah. you know, wants that, you know, it's like they yeah. not necessarily in their, their wiring, but within, but think about it this way too. We are meant to live in community. Mm-hmm. An infant does not live without being held, right? right. Masculine, you know, and again, whatever part you play, so we all, what if we, this is my dream. What if we all live in a culture that we're all gifting each other? And there's, you know, that's our high value gifts. Like we talk about in your sacred wealth code, the gifts of, of what we bring as being a feminine, the gifts of what we bring as being a masculine. We don't all have to do it. And it's okay that we do different things. And when we come together, we cover all the bases and it becomes even just this beautiful, rich mosaic of life that we can't do on our own. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, it's interesting because even though females or the feminine energy is more open to this, not all not feminine all. energy are like that. A lot of people can be very catty or very selfish or kind of demeaning. Shadow, 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 mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. So <laughs> always find, I think what we like to find is surround yourselves, find that mastermind, find the networking group, because that's where for the most, like, you know, if you go into a mastermind, the whole job is to support one another and lift each other up, right? Hire a coach. That yep. coach is there to give you all of their confidence and all of their knowledge. So don't feel like if you don't have a group or a friend or someone that you can get that from, that yeah. you can't find it because yeah. you can't yeah, find it. I mean, like in my community and, and in my clients, that's, we always start with, what are we celebrating? That's what we always start with before we're going anywhere else. Because again, okay. we need to get this in our nervous system, right? We need yeah. to convince ourselves to celebrate more. And then, you know what? We actually have more to celebrate. That's just the way our wiring works. Yeah. yeah. Can but, we talk about, we talked about inspired action a little bit, but can yep. you talk about the importance of you have action, but how you have to align that with your emotion? Because if you have one without the other, can you succeed? Yeah. So we're, we're kind of what we're talking about manifestation or what I talk about and I call it, which is conscious creation. And so I'll just, the premise and the very simple process, but again, most of the most profound processes are very simple. It's doing them, you know, that mm-hmm. we have to bring ourselves to here, but whatever it is that we're wanting to create, it's to feel a particular way. 
I don't care if you want, you know, $5,000 or $5 million, or whether you want a new relationship, or you want a different job, or you want to be recognized for something, it's all to feel a certain way. Okay. And the, the feeling component, the energetics of our emotions is the um, magnetic attraction to whatever it is that we're creating. We need to have a very clear intention and that's the mind's part. We need to, like I was talking about purpose, we need to really articulate what it is that we want or what it is that we're going to create and take ourselves through the process and drill it down to like really what the essence is. And Jennifer and I were talking just a bit before we hopped on here uh, about there's a process in my book, The Wealth Dream, but we go down, what, what is the purpose of the wealth? And for me, if I go all the way down to the core, it's freedom when, and she and I were agreeing, it was very similar for both of us. Well. If I'm wanting, so that I would be focusing more on the core energy of if I wanted to create more wealth, which is I'm always creating more wealth because then there's so much more and we can give away more, we can do more, it's just more freedom, right? More freedom. Right. For me. So, but I'm really focusing on freedom. And the more I can have the energetics of freedom, the more I can give myself experiences, whether it's walking out in my beautiful garden and on this beautiful sunny day and, and hugging my big dog that's out there, you know, whatever makes me feel free in the moment puts me in the energy of what it is that I want to create. It's the magnetic attraction that brings it back to me. And then but being able to hold that vibration long enough, just like we were talking about celebration without going into the complaining so quickly about things. Um, when we can have the intention and the vision for what we want and then know how it's going to feel for us and have even that be enough, like, oh, I've got, it's like you hear in manifestation principles, well, everything's already here. You just have to align with it and align with it means that you have to feel like it, feel it already. Mm -hmm. That is your emotional energy. And then you have to clear up what's keeping you from feeling that. So you're not just going, yeah, but yeah, but behind the scenes all the time. Mm -hmm. So that our emotions, so our emotions also are a navigational system. So our emotions will also tell us like when you're, we talked about sitting in that meeting and your skin is crawling, that's your emotional mm -hmm. guidance system telling you it's time to get out of there. You know, so our emotions work, you know, in is a feedback loop in, in that way as too. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So if you had just three things for our listeners to walk away from today, what would those three things be? Okay. That all the answers that you're seeking are truly inside of yourself. And even if you can't find them on your own, you can find somebody to help you to find them. Okay. They're not outside of you. They're inside of you. That your heart knows the way. And so one of your, you know, alignment is key and alignment with the source of your being, whatever you believe that to be. And just like we were just talking about emotions, you can feel that either you're a beautifully tuned guitar, guitar string or you're one that's out of tune. And by spending time on you, however you need to be so that you feel tuned and relaxed and peaceful and joyful or whatever it is that you want to feel, it's within your reach at every moment. It's within your reach. Absolutely. And that... You have gifts, you're incredibly gifted. You are on your path. You're never far from being really well-placed on your path. That's just a step to the right or step to the left usually. And that, um, you know, if you feel like you are wondering, you know, am I doing what I'm really supposed to be doing? You know, then maybe it is time for you to open up to more of your gifts, but I want you to know that they are, you're, you're, they're, they're like, at, they're at your fingertips. You're just not far from it. It's, it's not, 
not far away. And you can do that self-inquiry. You could tap into the sacred wealth code if you want to in many different ways to, to discover what that is for you. But you are gifted and your gifts actually matter. There's no one who can give in this world what you can give the way you can give it. It's so inspiring. And it gives, you know, what a lot of people, if you feel you're not on your right track, they might feel discouraged. So it's very encouraging as well to hear that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no. If individuals want to find you, if they want to work with you, learn more about you, where can they go? Solutionary.com spelled S-O-U-L-U-T-I-O-N-A-R-Y. Solutionary.com is the easiest way. It's all there. Perfect. Perfect. And then one question we love to ask everyone is whether you have a mantra or an affirmation that you say to yourself on a regular basis. And if so, are you willing to share that with us? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of just said, you know, told you earlier, but if I tell myself the truth, Mm. always will deliver right, right in. If I tell myself the truth, fill fill in in the blank. Thank you for listening to the Where Money Meets Soul podcast. We hope you're feeling inspired to take control of your finances, create balance, and live your best life. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review. And if you know anyone else who would benefit from this content, spread the love by taking a snapshot of this podcast, sharing on social media, and tagging In the Life of Zen. And stay tuned for more from In the Life of Zen. Visit us at inthelifeofzen.com and follow us on social media at In the Life of Zen.